Hello and welcome to the Tight Lads Podcast with your hosts Jordan Donnelly, Abby O'Neill and Chesney Forks Porter. Enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome to the Tight Lads Podcast. So guys, this, uh, this week is a little bit different. We would usually, well first of all there's usually three of us here. Unfortunately we are not joined this week by Abby or Chesney. However, um, this week is slightly different because usually we would have this big topic and we kind of discuss everything around that topic. However, this week is not necessarily one set in stone topic because it's, well, it's a rant. It's a rant that I want to go on. And I was kind of thinking, oh, who would I love to rant about this with? And there was only kind of one person that came to mind, and she has been so gracious to join me on short notice today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, May Tether. Oh, hello. <laughs> how are you, fucker? I'm all right, fucker. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, fucker. I'm all right. <laughs> so, guys, um, for anybody that doesn't know may tether she is a up-and-coming uh superstar we trained together for three years and she is now still managing to somehow um do really well considering the fact that the, that the world's ended so i suppose like well done for that <laughs> thank you <laughs> um but we're gonna so guys we're just we're gonna go on a rant okay so this rant has been sparked by, uh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the podcast, it's, it's drag queens um, that run the podcast. So the entertainment industry that they were talking about is slightly different to what we're talking about, but I do think there were a lot of like parallels, but they were mainly talking about how um, kind of influencer culture, TikTok culture, all this kind of stuff has kind of ruined it's just kind of ruined creativity and like it's ruined why people want to go into like um the entertainment industry in the first place and as i said they were kind of focused more on like the drag industry but i thought there were so many parallels with the theater industry um and i got really riled up about it and that's why we're here we're now here ranting about it so I kind of I want to get the ball rolling and then May obviously kind of just give me your take on everything but I hate TikTok. <laughs> I hate <laughs> I hate influencer culture. I hate all of it. And guys, before I properly get into it, I do want to say that everything I say will have a really really nice layer of hypocrisy on top of it because I have TikTok. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everything I <laughs> So I will contradict myself um, many, many times, but, you know, so bear with me. But I think TikTok is one of the reasons that none of us have an attention span anymore. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. The fact that I'm able to sit on a Zoom for more than 20 minutes at a time is a miracle at this point. I feel like we are so conditioned to these 10, 15, 20, 30 second videos that grab our attention and if we if our attention isn't grabbed within the first 10 seconds we don't watch anymore and it's like 
oftentimes what do people have to do in order to grab your attention they have to do something shocking get naked say something offensive like people aren't pumping creativity out there anymore they're just doing the trends they're doing what's going to get them noticed and those people that are doing those trends and getting picked up by that evil word I call the algorithm and being noticed are the people that are being taken seriously and being held in higher regard than people who are pumping really amazing stuff out there, whether it be podcasts, music, theater, um, you know, original writers of plays and musicals and things like this, they are no longer held in high regard because they're not doing anything shocking. They're not doing 10 second, 10 second clips that's getting them noticed. Therefore they're not being taken seriously. And the example they used on this podcast was, um, I think it was Jennifer Lopez, and they were saying about how she's now getting beat out of jobs against people who have made it big on TikTok, even though she's been in the industry for over 30 years and working as a dancer and improving her voice and, you know, has kind of dedicated her entire life to it. But she's now getting beat out by people who made it big on TikTok like an example is a, a girl called Brittany Broski and she is famous for one um I think this was actually a vine blonde girl she had no makeup on and I think the meme is her going some it's something like her going oh okay that's it that's five seconds of her life she is now in full-time employment she's hosting um award shows she is like you know that's her settled for life and she is now being held in high regard because of that five second video that she took of herself three years ago. It really does feel demotivating to the people who, well, the old school people who give their life to the theatre or the music industry and they're, you know, working five jobs while also like auditioning and things like this. And I'm like, I really don't blame anybody. I, d I can't blame anybody for trying to use a platform that's there because why wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's the same. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I don't know. I just don't think people value the creativity of it anymore. I honestly, I've got one question to ask. What world are we living in? What is this? Like, I don't, it's insane to me. It's insane. These people, I mean, God bless them, like you say, these videos. Originally, I suppose TikTok was, is, has blown up because of the pandemic. We're stuck in our houses, so we want that 30 seconds or however look 10 seconds these videos are going to be because they're, oh, they're funny and, you know, it's blown up now. I'm really hoping that we see a decrease in the interest for it when we all go back to work and we start doing things that are creative because, oh, my God, somebody going, mm, okay, and then me and yourself and many countless others who have trained for three years or have been in the industry for 30 years, getting beaten out for jobs by somebody who literally moves her head sideways. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. Oh, you've got me on one now. Brilliant topic. People have been working on original theatre, you know, songwriting or whatever the case may be for years. And there's things on TikTok like Ratatouille, the musical. Oh, because, yes. Because that, you know, someone put a video up and it went big, that now, that... um got the ball rolling and they ended up doing like a fully live streamed version of the, mu <laughs> of the musical. I have an opinion on this. Go now, on. this is right. If you were going to create something like Ratatouille, like the Bridgerton stuff that sparks people's interest and there is a market for it, do it. Use that platform for it. I don't think they're the bad guys in that. 
if they've got a genuine talent like those songs in Ratatouille are actually fabulous now I personally don't use TikTok ever um I really stayed away from it everyone was like you should get it you should get it you know oh my god people you know it's really enjoying it you should do it while you're bored and I was like I'm going to avoid it but I keep being sent videos and obviously you can watch them and Ratatouille I thought was absolutely fantastic and I thought that the Bridgerton stuff is brilliant and I think if you can use that platform for it do it I mean you know Titus is it Titus Burgess who was in the Ratatouille the musical show-off thing I think that's fantastic but you know unless you've got a platform for it or like you say when the stupid videos when people are just moving their heads and now they're hosting award ceremonies eh there's two different edge you know edges to that sword isn't there i suppose at the end of the day there is there's always pros and cons to these types of things but like an example <laughs> an example of it being because of the fact that i know that nobody really has an attention span anymore when i say yeah. that people are like watching my content for example it means a lot more if you know what I mean. So, for example, uh, for anybody that follows me on Instagram, you'll see that I put out these stupid-ass videos maybe once a month. Um, I love them. <laughs> and it's like, um, the lame is one, for example, it is on over 2,500 views, something like that. Do I think that 2,500 people have sat and watched a three-minute video? Absolutely not. And I don't expect them to because for anybody to sit through three minutes these days, it's a big ask and I don't actually expect people to. But I was like, if literally 300 of that 2,600 people have actually sat and watched that full three minutes, to me, I massively appreciate that. And it means so much more to me now because I know that people struggle to sit through more than 10 seconds. Yeah. The same with this podcast. These podcasts end up being 60 to 90 minutes on average. And I'm like, if 10 people actually sit down for 90 minutes and listen to me chat shit and actually, <laughs> and actually listen to the whole thing, to me, that is crazy. It's crazy. And that's why I will never kind of chase numbers or chase views or anything like this, because I know that I know how these things work and to me it means more when instead of 1,000 people listening to this podcast episode I'd rather 20 people listen to this episode and I get yeah. the three or four DMs that I would usually get going really love this this really helped blah 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 one person DMing me and going this particular episode really helped with x y and z means so so much more and it was the same with those videos as well this was, you know, it's all, um, you know, it's, life's been quite depressing for most people. And like I was getting, I got a lot of messages yeah. actually with those videos said, oh, this made my day, things like that. And that getting for three people to say that to me, it may, means so much more than, oh, I want this to hit however many views. You know what I mean? But yeah, I feel like it does, it means more because I know that what the culture and what people are conditioned to now, for somebody to actually sit for three minutes and watch me being a dick is a big deal. But you know what? You know those videos that you do, right? I am a very big fan of them, as you know. And, uh, you know, I share them when I can because I just think they're absolutely hilarious. But 
what we'll say is you couldn't get that kind of hilarious content into 10 seconds. So in a way, it's such a shame that people are being conditioned to just watching that 10 seconds because yours, the things you do tell a story. Do you know what I mean? You know, your, for example, your Fontaine one, if you've not watched it, obviously skip past this part, but you know, the wig reveal is absolutely hysterical, but it wouldn't be hysterical on its own. You need that build up to it to then go, oh my God, what, where did he pull that from? You know, and that's, that's what makes it so special. So if you can, you know, if you can condition yourself to watch more than 10 seconds of a video, you're going to get so much more enjoyment out of it. You know, because more people should do that. As well as that, you said something there that I kind of want to talk about, but you said about how you go out of your way to share it when you can. How yes. This period in time has really, really showed me. <laughs> oh, here we go. How willing and how unwilling friends, in quotes, or are willing to like or comment on your stuff, never mind share, you know, and for someone to share something of mine, it goes a long way. I never ask people to, I never expect people to, but when Mm -hmm. they do, it is massively appreciated. And it is free. It takes three seconds out of my day. It doesn't devalue me or demote me in any way if I promote one of my friends. So yeah. When my darling best friend Catherine comes out with her podcast episode, I will share it. When you put a cover up on your Instagram, I will share it. If one of my other friends takes a shit that they're particularly fond of <laughs> and want to rant about it, I will share it because... I'm their friend and that's kind of like the bare minimum of the expectation I would expect. Am I a dick to say that? I I can't understand it. I cannot understand it. Um, I think we've all been through our share of this. And and what's really sad is, you know, it it does reveal where people's interests lie and it does reveal how much they back you. And that is where social media becomes almost the devil, but also incredibly informative. You know, you, you know then, I won't be supporting your small business at all because you don't support my business. There's a ma- massive problem there. And I think, you know, you give and you take. You don't just, you don't just take, you've got to give as well, you know? And it's like you, I feel like because we are all kind of our whole lives, especially for people that kind of want to pursue any type of entertainment industry job, our whole career is kind of online at the minute because there's not many other opportunities out there. Yeah, of course, yeah. So we notice everything because this is is all we have right now. Yeah. It's like if someone has put a lot of time and effort into um, a project, a video, a song, a cover, whatever the case may be, of course I'll share it because I I understand that for some people it's getting out of bed these days is a triumph so for them to have the motivation to put up that cover and be proud of it I'm like yes absolutely I will share it and I will like it I will comment underneath it and I will say to so-and-so oh have you seen her video yeah and I think almost everything everything in this lockdown for me I'm not sure if this is for everybody else but is heightened everything is heightened. So if I feel really bad one day, I don't want to get out of bed. But if I post a video and I've seen, you know, seven of my friends have shared it and I've got how many ever comments or whatever, I feel like Celine Dion for the rest of the day. I feel great. Like 
utterly great and everything is heightened anxiety or you know exhilaration so i think it's really important that you know support people even if they're not friends of yours you know and, and you like it if you enjoy it there's a reason you enjoyed it so every, why wouldn't everybody else you know and i think that that's the way to go about it i really do and guys it doesn't it doesn't as i said it doesn't cost anything you know what i mean it doesn't affect you yeah exactly but this is the thing with theater people correct me if i'm wrong or disagree but they think that you're in direct competition with them so they won't share you and you're like hang on like whoa hang on a minute we've got different agents we're going to be in different shows that there's no competition here if i adore your voice i'm going to make sure that i comment underneath absolutely fantastic it's not going to decrease my talent by commenting how much i enjoyed your singing i don't understand what i have noticed is that the people closest to my casting are the people that are least likely to ever support anything i ever do i've been creating a lot i've been creating a lot of content online and i have yeah. really of course i really really pay attention and i notice who does take the time out to share things and not share things and support things mm. and it really because I literally can look at numbers on my screen. That's such a thing. It gets in your head. And I think, do you know what I said the other day? I was having a really anxious day about, what, two days ago, and I, and I really couldn't get out of bed. And I was just thinking, like, isn't it, isn't it strange how in real life, let's just say pandemic-free, if I was about to go on and do a job, I wouldn't give a shit who was liking, sharing, commenting, because I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy being Fontaine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it sounds silly, but because we have nothing to do and because we can see those numbers, oh, it hurts, but we can't help it, it's addictive. And it, it's almost, I, I don't know, I do think there's a really fine line between, you know, it being bad for you and it being informative, because we need to know where to support others. And I'm not gonna support you if you don't support me. And that is how I've always been. It, it just, and I think everybody is, aren't they, you know? This leads on to exactly what I wanted to talk about next, okay? Because of the fact that people aren't necessarily being creative anymore and because the culture is, oh, I wanna get big on, I wanna get big on TikTok. People don't know why oh. they wanna get big. And I feel mm -hmm. because that now carries over to in the entertainment industry, the theatre industry. People don't know why they want to do it. And therefore, when the bad stuff comes with it, because there's bad sides to every industry you go into. So I feel like yeah. bad stuff kicks in. That's why child actors, as an example, they probably didn't choose to do that. So therefore, that's why so many of them come out the other end completely destroyed as people because when the hard stuff happened, they didn't know why they were there in the first place and they couldn't keep their eyes on the prize. Therefore, the bad stuff completely consumed them. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of became a similar thing in the theatre industry. It's a, it's a personality contest. It's a popularity contest. It's very much like, oh, people just want to get big, 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 big. And people don't know why they're there in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I, this is going to sound so wanky, guys, and I realise this, so please. <laughs> but I am, like, so passionate about theatre. And I'm, like, I would rather die trying than not try at all. Yeah. I will never be concerned about being the biggest 
star with their name in lights. I just want to make theatre and be a part of theatre. And I'm so passionate about theatre, whether it be small, small work with two people and an audience of 20 people or the London Palladium. At all, to me, theatre is theatre. I love it all and I want to be a part of it all. So therefore, I am fully accepting, aware and willing to take all the bad shit that comes with it. The bad stuff being the rejection, the hardship, um, theatre people, because theatre people are venomous. <laughs> I'm willing yeah. to take all of that on because I know why I'm there in the first place and why I want to do what I want to do. So therefore, I can't physically fathom the people that don't have that same passion and don't know why they're there in the first place. Because how, how do you cope when the hardship kicks in and you don't actually know why you're putting it up, you're putting up with it in the first place? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I look at it from when you mentioned this to me yesterday. I've been thinking about it a lot, and I thought a lot of people from my hometown are so supportive. They are the most supportive people, and they, you know, they really want the best for me. They really do, and I'm really proud of where I'm from, and and I adore them. But they see May Tether who's put a cover on. They see May Tether who's been cast in this, or May Tether who's done this, and they see this big in lights life or this big they don't realize that I'm up at 4am worried that I can't get that step or they don't see that I'm up at 2am because I was told today that my arms are too fat for that role it's they don't know that so they just see and this is where theatre I think can be quite toxic to people who haven't necessarily trained or necessarily been to dance class or theatre isn't in their life a lot because they see this glitzy glammy life they see you who's really funny on those videos. They see me who's singing, singing away to whatever I'm singing and they don't see the hardship. So then they go, the younger generation are then influenced to go, well, I want to do that. And then they just see people and then they go, oh, well, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna do but they don't think about the work that goes into it. They just see, oh, she gets 2.5K views on this. I want to do that because it looks like a glamorous life. It isn't. And we, are, we know that more than anything. It's not glamorous. It comes with anxiety. It comes with really, really just hardship. You know, it does. And it's not all glitz and glam. And it's like that for any career, I'm sure. But our career is specifically like that because we're in the fur and we're in the, the big lights and we're singing away and we impress people and people clap for us. You know, people who do heart surgery every day don't get an applause at the end of it. Like, brilliant show tonight. Can I have your autograph? They don't get that. So people just are attracted to fame because they think, oh my God, they must live an excellent life. But I've never had, like, well, I say I've never had. Some people don't ever ask me, how, how are you? How are, how are you? Not how is your career? How are you? And it's, that's really, that's where we struggle, I think, mentally. Because we have this, not that we're doing it, we're not meaning to do it, but we put out this false idea of what theatre is. And... It's not true sometimes. Sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> and that's, again, that comes back to why I'm so passionate about when other people are like, say to me, I'm working on a script. And I go, yes, oh my yes. God, amazing. Do you want help? Like when someone says, oh, I'm working on this thing. It might not be a good idea or not. I'm like, well, let's try it. Like I'm so up for people doing shit and making shit, especially in the current circumstances, because the industry is kind of non-existent at the minute. So important that people keep doing that. Like, and I have talked about this before. I 
consider myself to be quite a creative person, but I also consider that one of my main faults because if I don't have a creative outlet, I actually feel like I can't function as a person. So therefore, mm-hmm. that's why I have to create or put content up or something just to get that kick. Hence why I now have a weekly podcast and there's videos going up once a month because I have to do that. That's not me chasing views. That's not me trying to get attention. That's me trying to put <laughs> put creativity out there somewhere because I really struggle not to do that. But and you it, can so tell it's, it's you. You can so tell that it's it's done from a place of that and I think you can tell when it's done from a place of I want views or I want to create and and you know and entertain people you're an entertainer so of course you're gonna you're gonna need views in order to entertain but when like you say going back to that girl who's like "Mm, yeah or whatever it is moving ahead you know that's not entertaining people that's strange and you know you can really tell you've gone away and put a lot of effort into what you're doing and you know, that, that shouldn't be brushed aside, I don't think. And guys, you know, I know we've said this already, but you celebrating your friends or people that you admire doesn't like demote you or devalue you in any way. And it frustrates me that we don't talk about other people enough. Like, I'm not going to sit and blow smoke up your ass for 90 minutes because that could very easily turn into this podcast. So we'll, <laughs> I'll, talk <about laughs> I'll talk about someone else. Like, right. Elsa Grace Waterfield, prime example. Oh, yes. Elsa Grace Waterfield, ladies and gentlemen, a dear friend of the podcast, a very fucking talented person, a very clever person at that. She has a song out on Spotify, a fantastic song. She devised an entire theatre piece around that song. She is one of the most talented, intelligent people I know. Why are we not talking about her day and night? Tell tell me i'm actually asking why does she need to get her tits out in order for us to talk about her is that what needs to happen it frustrates me i see friends of mine creating and pumping out amazing stuff but unless they are doing the 10 second follow the trend format it's just not it's just not working for them and it really it's frustrating but as i said it does mean that because of that, when people do take the time to actually listen to a three-minute song, share a four-minute video, listen to a 90-minute podcast, it does mean more. So I suppose you have to take what you can from that scenario and realise that, oh, the people that are watching it are really watching it and really appreciating what you're doing. And I think as well, this sounds silly, but um, the longevity of people's careers, right, hear me out. We're in a pandemic. This time is not normal. Yeah. It's not normal at all, is it? So people like the wonderful Elsie Grace Waterfield are still going to be around creating incredible things when this is over. That girl who was moving ahead, I'm, I don't know who she is and she, you know, I have no idea, but she's not going to, it's not going to stick around, is it? Because no one's going to want to watch that when they're playing Fontaine eight shows a week. They are going to want to listen to Elsie's song while they're putting the makeup on. You know, they are going to want to hear it on the radio when they're out, you know. So actually, longevity-wise, I do think we are going to see a different side to this when this stops. TikTok is a trend for now. And I, I'm praying that's the case. But it's a, it's a trend for now while we're all, like you say, panicked. The only thing I can imagine anything worse than happening is somebody who does something untalented on TikTok 
getting a role for being on TikTok in a musical in my field. I would never forgive that. <laughs> I really wouldn't. If they're singing and they're really good, fair enough, you know, whatever. I, we can chat about that later on in this podcast. I'm sure it'll come up. But um, yeah, I, I think that people like Elsa with her wonderful song, people like Sophie Clark with her wonderful song, they will stick it out. They'll stand the test of time, I'm sure of it. Kind of touching on what you've just said, I want to get into stunt casting, right? Oh! There's a couple of examples I want to talk about. Okay. Um, there was an, a couple of years ago, and May, you were here for this. We were in a taxi on our way to a stagecoach. And in that taxi was also a well-respected um, West End actress. She's done Wicked Lame Is, things like that. And we were in a taxi on the way to a stagecoach because we were teaching. And she was, at the time, in the room for 9 to 5, the West End. Um, yes, I, I know. Yes, okay, I'm yeah. with you. And she was up for the role of Judy, who is mid-30s, you know, probably more along the lines of 40. And she was yeah. saying that at the time, she was kind of being warned of the fact that it was probably going to go to someone much, much younger with a bigger platform kind of within day that came out that Amber Davies from Love Island was going to be playing the part and I don't want to I really don't want to take anything away from Amber because I did I saw her in the show she's a great singer she did go to drama school was it appropriate for her to play that part no no it wasn't and that's not me making a comment about her as a person that is me saying that those three women those three roles they are roles for women who are older. There's not that many of them anyway. So why take them away? There's already a shortage of roles for women post 35. So completely agree with that. 110%. A female-led show led by three adult women. The fact that you're giving it to a 21-year-old who they actually, they rewrit the show because the character is cheated on by her longtime husband, that's why the character is older. She's been she's been through life, you know what I mean? But they made a they made a change in the script. Um, and it was something like, How do you get how do you get left for a younger woman when you're only twenty-one? And it was so awkward and uncomfortable and it was not appropriate. And it was like it just, to me, I was like, this isn't an appropriate casting choice. It's no comment on Amber. It's no comment on where she's came from, what she's done. She should not have been playing the role. And it's issues like that. I'm like, when it, when it does um, affect the storytelling and it does actually come up as an issue within the storytelling of the show and it starts to make it weird, that's my issue. Yeah, and, and just off the back of that, I don't know about you, Jordan, but whenever I go see somebody with some, sorry, something with somebody in it, um, who it has a platform, who I've seen on television not doing theatre or not acting, just them, I really struggle to get into the story because I'm thinking, I'm not watching Judy. I'm watching Amber Davies playing Judy. I'm watching this for Amber Davies. Now, that's not personal to me, but I imagine if I did see it with her in it, that's what I'd feel. Whereas I'm looking at the next person along that line in those three girls, Natalie McQueen, utterly phenomenal, trained, 
you know, absolutely, she's just as good, but she's right for that character. You can't be going and changing this because obviously Dora Lee is meant to be the one who is beautiful. She's slightly younger, you know. Judy's meant to be, like you say, 40-ish. You know, she's, the whole point of Around Here, that song, is the fact that she can't be retrained again. She feels like she can't be retrained because she never trained because she was always at home. A girl of 21 would probably be just be going into that field. So she could be trained. It, it just makes no sense to me. I don't understand. And in, in regards to stunt casting, my pre-kind of early days of drama school and then pre-drama school, I used to be like, it's disgusting. It's like, it's so unfair. My opinion has kind of changed on it drastically in the sense that I feel like everybody is playing the game and you can't blame yeah. anybody for playing the game. And when it you comes can. to Amber, again, this isn't an attack on Amber. I'm like, well, no fair fucks. You played the game and this is where it got you. So I can't Yeah, that's not her fault, is it? I you know, it's not her. Yeah, and I can't take that away from her. So it's like... And good luck, you know, she did what she was, she had to do when she did... Yeah what she was given, you know? And the thing is, I have been rude, but if you've been on Love Island and someone came up to you and said, would you like this lead in the West End? You're not gonna go, oh no, I don't know what people would think of that. No, you're not gonna do that, are you? You're gonna go, of course I will. If you're willing to change the script for me. <laughs> this is the thing, and it's like, you kind of have to understand that this kind of industry isn't fair. And if somebody's able to kind of play the game and create a short shortcut for themselves, why wouldn't they? It's when it interferes with the physical storytelling of the show. Like another, another example I have, I saw uh, the Flashdance UK tour. Uh, this was about two years ago, I'm going to say. And that was led by Joanna Clifton. Now, Joanna Clifton is a ballroom dancer and she's been Strictly for a couple of years, but she is now kind of pursuing theatre. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of, it wasn't Flashdance the musical. It's not the, most expertly written show in the entire world. I'm going to be honest. It's not a masterpiece. That's probably why it doesn't last. Um, there are a lot of flaws with the show. There were definitely good elements of the show and I don't want to take it away from that because even if even with every bad show, there's still a lot of work that's went into that. There are people busting their balls. So I never want to say that show was shit because I know that there's so much work that has went into it. However, that... In Flashdance, she was leading, she, you know, she led the entire show and that character is supposed to be the best dancer. That's why she gets into the Royal Ballet School. She yeah. is supposed to be this incredible, incredible dancer. But the issue was Joanna Clifton was the weakest dancer in the cast because she was surrounded by people who were trained in ballet, jazz, tap, were doing backflips around her. Whereas she, she was doing kind of ballroom steps by herself and it was like this doesn't feel right and it's not her fault and within the ballroom field I'm sure she thrives but within that particular context I thought it looked a bit uncomfortable and like Clifton, mm-hmm. I'll give her you know she now is in a situation where she doesn't have to really try to get work in the sense that when you're on Strictly, you're a household name. She probably doesn't have to go out of her way to get theatre offers. However, she is really yep. open about the fact that that's not what she trained in. She is now like actively doing training and she's like paying for her, she's paying for lessons and she's actively putting herself through kind of musical theatre style training. 
which is more than a lot of people would do, to be fair. Like, let's be real. Completely and people, utterly agree. Yeah, like people in the privileged position of being offered work, the majority of them are like happy days. I don't think they would actively try to improve upon their skill. Um, but yeah, I just feel like sometimes it works. I feel like um, Alexandra Burke, I feel like that works for the most part like because I've seen her in a few things and I'm like yeah it doesn't you know it kind of it works for the show I think it works for the storytelling okay that's fine it's when it's not age appropriate not gender appropriate not um I don't know I just I, for me I'm just looking at the Joanna Clifton thing just thinking about it yeah. god bless her I'm sure she did what she had to do you know like you say given the juice you know they, they've gone and they've done it whatever but I'm going to ask a serious question now. If I went into ballroom dancing tomorrow, right? No training. Got a few lessons. Would I be good enough to lead a show in a ballroom dancing competition? Absolutely not. What the hell? Why? Because I'm not trained in it. Why? Because I've not got the experience in it. So why, why on earth are these people in, not in my own field doing that role? Do you know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds silly, but if I went into her field, people would laugh at me. Like, if I went into pop, pop singing now, probably could do that. So, like, do you know what I mean? I probably could get away with it if I tweaked my voice. I got a little few lessons. Like, Andrew Lloyd, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and it's Alexandra Burke. Um, she, obviously, she can sort of transition because a lot of the musicals now are poppy. Do you know what I mean? But I can't, and I saw her as, I saw her as Svetlana in chess, and I thought she was excellent. I was like, wow, she's actually incredible, but we don't know how much training she had before then. But like you say, if I went into ballroom dancing, I'd look silly. Uh, and even if I paid for as many lessons as I wanted to, I would still look silly until a few years later on, I would say. You know? I just find it very strange how people just naturally gravitate to wanting to be in musical theatre now. Why? Why? Uh, yeah, and again, I think it comes down to the fact that the industry isn't fair, and it's like everybody's playing a game, and some people win at the game, some people don't win the game what I have now learned is that you can't blame people for playing the game that's the 110 percent god bless them do what you need yeah. to do <laughs> that's kind of the bitter pill I've had to swallow I spent a lot of time going well that's not fair oh yeah <laughs> Whereas now I'm like you actually can't blame anybody for playing the game and I am not we're not playing ourselves we're all playing it this is the all thing. of us are playing it Bloody hell, like, how many games is there to play in musical theatre? Like, bloody Monopoly, like, you know, oh, I'm best mates with so-and-so choreographer, so I'm obviously going to get cast even if I'm wrong, because that's, because they're my best friend, they'd never let me down. I've seen that so many times, so many times, and it's, it's unbelievable. Can you blame that person for, for playing that game because their choreographer is the best friend? Absolutely not. You can't. So, you know, we, I'm not, we're not going to bash anyone for that. No, I Not just... when, obviously... You know, we're creatives ourselves. Like, I direct, you choreograph. We know how it works. You're going to go with people you trust. And, after, you know, we've seen it from both sides. Yeah. I just, you know, I feel like this is kind of just a, sh a shout out to anybody that does feel like they're kind of losing at the game, but they're working really hard. It's like, just just chill. Like, it's it's fine. And I feel no like... One's, no one's winning at this game right now. Well, no one. Not. Definitely. There's no game to play. There's no theatres open. So just take this time to just take no, yourself away from it. Definitely not. And I feel like it's good. We talked about this in another episode, not necessarily about 
theatre influencers, but more so about like fitness influence, but influencers. But I feel like the, the yeah. same thing applies. And it's like follow people that motivate you. Follow don't follow people that kind of abuse the platform they now have. I'm not going to name anybody, but I do feel like there are a couple of people within the theatre industry that now that they have a platform, feel like they can just kind of rely on that platform and or just kind of expect a lot of things and have become very um, uh, just kind of expected everything to be handed to, handed to them now. Whereas there are a lot of theatre people who work very fucking hard. I'll bring up Jodie Steele as an example. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated by Jodie Steele's Instagram because, oh my God, I don't know when she actually sleeps. She... <laughs> In this time, she was always a hard worker anyway when things were normal. Most people will know Jodie from, she was in the original London cast of Heathers. She did the Rock of Ages UK tour. I'm trying to think what she was doing. Six. What was she doing? Six. Yes, she was She was in the UK tour of six. That's what it was. Um, but she was always a hard worker. But now in this pandemic, she is training as a PT. She is also training for a marathon. She also is working as a carer full time. She has opened her own school, Jodie Steele's Associates. So she has workshops going on every few days, which she does with the students over Zoom. Like she actively takes part in all the workshops. She is like, I don't actually know when she sleeps and she works so, so hard. And she also has a platform. So I'm like, I think she'd be a really good person to follow for anybody that is feeling a bit demotivated. I'm like, Jodie Steele doesn't necessarily have to do any of this stuff, but she is working like a racehorse to Mm -hmm. better herself. And like, she's such a hardworking person. I don't know her personally. She could be a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Based upon what I say, she works so hard and she's a grafter. And I'm like, I enjoy her content because I'm like, you you work hard Fairfox you work hard yeah I agree yeah it sounds silly but I I often think the theatre world is is ever-changing and so old we don't know everything about theatre go and do some bloody research you've got enough time go and find those musicals that Kander and Ebb wrote years ago and and, you know, get a, get a script buddy and, and do something with it if you want to. Uh, if you don't want to, you don't have to. You don't need, just, if you need a day off, take a day off. If you don't, but, and what I'm saying is when you are motivated, use it. Don't just sit there and go, you know, I feel really good today, but nothing's on. Use that motivation. Get that script. Have a read of it. Like, I, I read um, at the first lockdown. I read a lot of Tennessee Williams because I got a bit obsessed. And I was like, I'm going to read it because as much as I'm a musical theatre actress, I'd like to see if, if anything's influenced by his work and stuff like that. Now, that's where my interests lie. I know some people's interests lie in doing videos and, and recording and whatever. Find your interest and just use it. Whatever it may be, get immersed in it. You know, as much as live theatre's not there, theatre is still there. You know, for example, The Curb. They're producing, obviously, Sunset Boulevard they did, which was excellent. And then you've got uh, Colour Purple coming up. Like, that. watch these things. It's still going on. It does motivate you. I watched Bloody Sunset Boulevard three times because I was like, wow, 
that, that actually happened in this time. That's insane. And I'll be doing exactly the same with Colour Purple. Support things. Don't be sat there going, oh, I'm so sad because theatre's not around. Watch it. It's there for you. Broadway HD, YouTube. We can, you know, there's so many things out there that we can actually watch and remind ourselves, that's what I need to do. Look at those people in it. That's what I need to be, that's what I need to do. It will motivate you. And guys, as well as that, for anybody that might be listening going, who the fuck do these two think they are? We, <laughs> not, we do not have all the answers. We do not know everything. We are just two people very, very passionate about theatre. And we mm-hmm. just, we just, that's what we love. And we care a lot about it. So that's why we do kind of get defensive about these kind of things. Um, but yeah, guys, I think we'll wrap it up there because that is a solid kind of, almost 60 minutes of ranting um so may thank you so much for coming on well thank you so much for having me we'll have to get you on for like a proper topic one day this was just kind of like oh i'd love that this was more of like a um impulsive rant that i wanted you to that i wanted you to be a part of um well you know wrong point so Guys, as well as that, <gasps> another thing I've been doing kind of in this time, I've been making more friends within theatre that like I didn't train with, like yeah. people from outside schools and things like that, or just people I've been making mm-hmm. online friends with people and it's quite nice. So like and if anybody listening has like anything they want to talk about, get off their chest, especially in regards to any of the stuff that we're talking about, because as you probably realise, me, Abby, Chesney and May, we all love to talk. Yes, darling. Like, if you want to, you know, talk about any of this stuff, please feel free to, you know, reach out to me, reach out to May, because oh, yes, because you know we love to have these conversations. Um, speaking of May, where can everybody find you on social media? Um, it's just May Tether on Instagram, um, and it's my handle on Twitter is at May A tether because my actual real name is maya if you didn't know uh, and then facebook the same just may tether very simple <laughs> guys i am jordan a e donnelly on instagram and twitter and as well as that if you want any updates on the podcast you can also find us on instagram at tight lads underscore podcast may it's been a joy it's been a pleasure thank you so much Thank you for coming, fucker. Oh, thanks, fucker. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. And in the meantime, stay tight. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hey everyone, Cameron Abadi here, Deputy Editor at Foreign Policy. So when I think about economics podcasts, the words fun or exciting don't really come to mind. Then I started working with Adam Tooze. Readers of FP know Adam as an economic historian and a popular author. But he's more than that. In some ways, he's an encyclopedia about 
everything. How a big multinational like Ford or GM operates has a huge impact on by 2018, life expectancy was 78 and a half where we historically unprecedented increase in poverty. On each episode of Ones and Twos, Adam Twos and I will unpack several data points. I'm pretty sure you won't look at the world the same way. A cash recommends.